Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, the editor of Global Trading. Global Trading is a markets media group editorial platform. Today, our topic is trends in trade surveillance, looking at 2021 in review and looking ahead to 2022. There's certainly a lot going on in the area of trade surveillance. Regulators are increasingly emphasizing the importance of trade surveillance as a way to prevent abusive, manipulative, or illegal trading practices. Remote work has continued to make trade surveillance more challenging. New markets such as crypto have opened up and technology continues to evolve in the space. So here to make sense of this changing landscape with lots of moving pieces, I'm very pleased to be joined by an expert in the space, Joe Schifano. Joe is Global Head of Regulatory Affairs at Aventus Systems. Aventus is a leading provider of multi-asset class trade surveillance, market risk, and transaction monitoring solutions. Joe, greetings. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Terry. Happy New Year to you and, and your team and all of those that are listening. And to you as well. And so looking forward to drilling down into our, our topic today. So, so first off, if we could just, you know, we're certainly familiar with event assistance, but if you can, just for listeners who may not be very familiar, can you briefly describe the firm, share a little bit about your professional background and uh, explain your current role and responsibilities at Eventus? Sure. Thank you for that. So Aventus, uh, if you haven't heard of us, is a, a vendor of software that provides multi-asset class trade surveillance and market risk solutions to clients globally. We are represented in many countries and many jurisdictions. We cover trade surveillance, market risk needs, algo monitoring, and AML transaction monitoring for activity in all these asset classes, equities, futures, fixed income, digital assets, so on and so forth, FX. I've been with the firm now since uh, July of 2020 and very excited to be here in this growth phase of Aventus. Before that, I was a global CCO at a proprietary trading firm called Tower Research. Uh, I was there for six years as a broker-dealer lawyer and then as a CCO of one of their entities and then the global CCO. And before that, I did I uh, spent some time in legal at the New York Stock Exchange, and I spent the bulk of my uh, Wall Street career at, at UBS in various roles, from being on the trading desk, building out surveillance programs as a supervisor, to being in legal and compliance, answering uh, regulators, dealing with exams, and that kind of thing. So I've been very familiar with the surveillance space as a, as a practitioner. Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I certainly have a deep background in this space. So, so you know, I thought it might make sense for this conversation to try to take it as in a top-down look first and then drill down into the pertinent areas. So if we were to look back at the full year 2021, which just recently completed, what would you say were the key themes in trade surveillance, broadly speaking, from an industry perspective? Yeah, sure. I was thinking about this question, and I, it's kind of hard to look back at 2021 and even 2020 without considering the effects of remote work on surveillance programs, um, compliance officers, uh, surveillance analysts globally. It's affected everything we do in many ways. I think at the outset, uh, for many folks, it was the, you know, just business as usual. They had, you know, tools that allow them to sign in and do what they need to do. 
But over time, some I think some some issues came up uh, either through experience or because regulators were bringing them up. Um, I think one of those that stood out to me as a as someone who's been in the CCO role before is how to supervise this work when you don't have your team, you know, sitting uh, around in the same place. You know, how do you make sure that uh, everything that needs to get covered is getting covered? And this came up in lots of conversations we had with clients relative to looking at data and looking at data as it relates to actual alerts. Are they getting closed out? How are they getting closed out? And those kinds of things. So just the business as usual kinds of things that relate to supervising the work of surveillance. On a, on a different note, uh, you know, th- there are some regulators that really kind of brought things to light. Uh, and a good example of this is the FCA that issued a few notices over the last year or two relating to pandemic mm-hmm. and you know, concerns around insider dealing. We've written a bit about this. Since people are now home, how are they interacting with information? Um, are people using communication methods that not, might not pr- be properly surveilled? And are we needing to do anything different in our surveillance to ensure that we're detecting an insider dealing issue if it arises? I think the other issue, corollary issue to this that came up with some frequency is, okay, we're detecting things in our risk assessments. Is that translating into, is that translating into changes in our surveillance mechanisms? Uh, and that became a pretty important thing in the last year, uh, all, all stemming from good compliance compliance people all around the world saying, okay, I have a challenge. People are working remotely. How do I react to that and make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do? Uh, So these are the kinds of themes that we've been seeing over the last year or two that I think are very important. There is one other issue, like sort of separate, that came up a lot this year relative to trade surveillance. And that was a question around buy versus build. As people are building out their uh, surveillance programs, particularly in digital assets, this came up a lot. It comes up a bit in fixed income. It comes up anywhere where there's some technical challenges and compliance officers have to think about their resources and how to have proper surveillance using the resources that they have, usually financial and, and sometimes human. Right? How many people do I have and who do I have available to me and how do I build this out? And we, this came up a lot this year. I tried to, I won't go into detail here, but you know, we, we tried to write a, a fairly objective article on this, and we did, and it's posted on a website, eventosystems.com. Please go and seek it out. I'm happy to talk to anyone on that subject. I've been through that decision-making process before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we were to, uh, say, drill down into a few specific asset classes, Equities, you know, may be the market that historically is most closely or most commonly associated with trade surveillance. What has what has changed, and what's important in the equities market currently with regard to trade surveillance? Yeah, so I think you know this is the the, the market that I spent the most of my career in. You know, I think it's a fairly mature marketplace as it relates to trade surveillance. I think in the U.S., CAT continues to push firms to. Uh, improve their data reporting models and their their data storage models and how they think about data. I think that compliance officers. I'm just going to go through a you know through a few bullets here. You know, I think there's a hangover over the last year after a few years of worrying about spoofing and layering. I think that surrounds people have thought well on how to think about 
the the many cases that came out in the last few years. Uh, so I, I think people are, you know, pretty well, hopefully well set in the space. They should always be vigilant, of course. And there's a continued focus, particularly here in the U.S., on topics that are difficult to surveil. Reg show, reg NMS, to a lesser degree, uh, meaning it's probably a little easier, 15C35 issues. These kinds of issues are, they're not easy surveillances. Um, Aventus happens to do these things well. But folks have struggled with this, and they'll continue to struggle with it. With the as you know, market data increases, and there's more disparate sets of data, more exchanges in the U.S. All these things create difficulties in that space. So I think it'll be continued focus there. Regulators, examiners are always focused on on these issues. And I think you know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but uh, another one I would point to is relating to equities, but surveillance uh, more generally in the U.K is a continued focus on making sure that a surveillance program matches your risk assessment, that your, that surveillance folks are responding to issues in their risk assessments and not solely relying on out-of-the-box surveillance solutions. I think those days are over and the FCA is going to be laser-focused on, on this topic. I think looking forward, maybe something a little different and new in the equity space, you're seeing a number of venues come out and talk about overnight sessions for equities to give Asian tra- trading communities access in their daytime to trade mm-hmm. U.S. equity. So we'll see how, how this shapes up. We have some touch points there. And you know we're excited to see how that, how that prog- progresses on the equity side. Okay. Okay, now, uh, certainly no podcast about financial markets is complete these days without talking about digital assets, which continue to gain traction and adoption. So so a couple of questions, you know, very closely related questions for you, Joe. How are our trade surveillance practitioners approaching this new asset class? And you know, perhaps as importantly, or maybe even more importantly, how are financial firms bridging the divide between traditional asset classes and this new digital asset class? Yeah, it's a, a huge green field, right? There are it's an exciting new asset class. It's an exciting new technology. And there are new regulations being proposed and talked about on, on a global scale, right? There are some issues that relate to the movement of money, you know, and you have FATF and the travel rule and those kinds of things. Certainly, you have a large focus on AML and transaction monitoring. And then you have assets that are trading on venues. And I think as regulators globally get closer to the regulation of venues, that will probably take the lead in, in, in the concern for compliance officers. So you have a, you know, a growing number of larger venues uh, taking, I think, uh, surveillance and the, and the regulation very seriously. A, good, a great example of that is just in the last month or two here in the U.S., we had a few uh, congressional hearings, one in the House, one in the Senate. And I think the fact that uh, those hearings even took place should be some indication of the seriousness with which um, legislators are thinking about this space and the fact that they had, you know, the heads of, of some major exchanges in front of them mm-hmm. and, and those folks like FTX and Coinbase and the like, you know, talking about um, in, you know, relative to this conversation, trade surveillance issues that were referenced several times in both the questions and the answers. It's very interesting. And we know uh, through the press that there are a number of legislators thinking about Putting forth a few proposals for legislation in the U.S., I think that's a that'll be a welcome next step in the discussion. I think, in a more granular level, 
you know, we have many prospects calling us. So when we think about trade surveillance in the space, we have many prospects calling us. And a year ago, the first question was always, what do I need to do? It wasn't, I know I need to do X. Do you have a better mousetrap? It was, what do I need to do? How do I build this out? Mm-hmm. And I, I would think now in the more recent past, we still get that question a lot, but we also are starting to see, hey, I'm speaking to my legal counsel. I'm speaking to my compliance consultant. And they say, I need X and Y. And it's interesting because what's happening is folks from the traditional finance world, like myself, let's call it TradFi, which people, the term that people have been using, are now stepping into the space. They're bringing the lessons of, of traditional finance and surveillance in, in other markets here. And that should bode well and match well as regulation starts to come into focus and how, you know, how this is all going to work out in legislation. I'm talking about the US here, but I'm sure this is a very similar concept in jurisdictions globally. Regulators are going to want to know that markets are safe for people to get into. Mm-hmm. I think you know the other question that typically comes up in this space um, is what are the main differences? You know, one of the main differences between surveillance and uh, you know traditional assets and digital assets. And I think the the answer is there are some, but it's mostly the same. What 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 are the the differences? Well, they're not insignificant, right? These are twenty four by seven markets. That's new. Uh, having a surveillance mechan- mechanism operating on a continuous basis. M- many of these venues, if not all of them, are already surveilling in real time, if not headed there. So that that's that's kind of new. There's a a large amount of data. That's not necessarily new, uh, but it's certainly new um, when you think about it uh, in the scale that we're talking about on a global uh, g- globally for some of these venues. There are no, you know, the, the data formats at many of these venues. Sometimes they they suffer from disparate data formats, and that's a challenge to surveillance. And that will improve over time. That's just a growing pain, but that's a challenge we help our clients through on a very consistent basis. And because these venues are, are in, in many ways, thinking about uh, surveillance, I don't want to say for the first time, but in new in a new asset class, a, a very high-touch support model comes along with helping our clients you know, achieve their mission in mm-hmm. this space. So we spend a lot of time with our clients on the phone, on Slack, or, or email, whatever, whatever way we can help them out, that's what we do. Yeah, so that's a that's probably a good update on 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 digital assets. Right. Okay. Okay. And the one other traditional market I'd like to ask you about fixed income. It's a market of increasing importance with regard to trade surveillance. Now, historically, this has been a less electronic marketplace. It's non-standardized. It's a higher touch trading. Generally, uh, has a lot of unique features. What's important with uh, regard to fixed income and uh, from a trade surveillance perspective, and you know what 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 is Aventus really looking at in terms of uh, bringing the these solutions to the fixed income market? Yeah, this is an interesting space, right? In to, in some extent, you know, if we just think about it from a U.S. perspective for for a moment, you know, to some extent, we've been talking about when is when is certain types of regulation coming to the fixed income space. Uh, we've been talking about the. the the electronification, I guess, of the fixed income markets, mm-hmm. trading markets for a long time. And it seems like we're still talking about it. But I think that's coming, that's coming to bear. And and maybe that's evidenced by the fact that sometime in late 2020, we started having existing clients for whom we 
provide trade surveillance in multiple asset classes come to us and say, can you help us in the fixed income space? And that was interesting. And that kind of drove us to build out a surveillance program for fixed income, which we've been doing. Clients came to us because they, they sort of wanted that flexibility and customization that we bring to the table. And we've been able to really build this out. I think the other thing that they were looking for, which we happen to do well, I'm sure others do well in some way, but our, our uh, ability to ingest data in any available format that a client is using, it really allows you know, fixed income compliance officers to bring all of that data together for one place. This is really important in the fixed income space because very typically those trading desks are using multiple OMSs and, and various methods uh, to trade in that space. And to bring that all in one place and do a proper surveillance is really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at the outset, just to be able to see it all in one place is really critical for, for those compliance officers. And uh, we've been able to help them to do that. So at a very high level, um, you know, three types of surveillances, that, three types of categories, let's say, of uh, surveillances that, that we've been asked to, to build out. One. It's very straightforward, just reviewing the plotters in various ways. The second, probably the most, most critical that people think about, relates to fair pricing, fair dealing, those kinds of things, markups, marks that markdowns. Uh, and then the third, of course, would be in the market manipulation space, concerns around you know, some sort of spoofing, layering, wash trading, prearranged trading, all those kinds of things that we might think about in, in this space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Joe, I think just a couple more questions for you. So you, you mentioned Eventus um, you know, growth and some goings on there. Uh, you, you mentioned that generally. If you, you can talk a little bit about kind of year in review for Eventus in 2021. What were some of the key developments or milestones at the company that you might, you might like to cite? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I, it's been a really fantastic year at Eventus for growth. I think first on the list would have to be completing our Series B. You know, raising uh, another $30 million to help scale the business around the globe and support the mission of our existing clients. We're really excited about the, the trust and faith put into us by investors. You know, that money is going towards very much key infrastructure improvements as we continue to scale. We continue to build out our product in a number of ways. I just talked about some of those, whether it's in fixed income, whether it's in digital assets. We have some exciting developments in, in that space relating to coverage across more verticals in the compliance spectrum for digital assets. Uh, so we're very excited about the work we're doing to keep pace with technology and across asset classes and bring those tools to clients. Interestingly, the more we scale, um, the more we're working closely with our clients to build these things out, whether it relates to more automation and machine learning, some of it relates to the look and feel, of the platform, did a lot of work last year in insider dealing with a lot of good input from some of our clients. Or it might be in the world of data analytics and the power of data statistics and those kinds of things. Because we're a high-touch model and we're constantly talking to our clients, we're constantly improving the platform based on that feedback. So it's it's a great feedback loop. I think the other thing worth mentioning, continue to win a, a, a bunch of awards and that's exciting. One, one big point for that is that of the 10 awards, I think that we, run, we won in uh, 2021, four of those are in APAC alone, which is great mm-hmm. because we, 
we really pushed expansion in that region in the last year and a half. And it really is reflected there. It reflects our growth in that market. It reflects the feedback of clients and that sort of thing. So we're excited about growth across the globe, particularly in Asia. It's such a big market. And I think for me personally, this is really all you know, predicated and due to the fantastic team we have here. I really love working with everyone at Aventus. You know, we just have a great group of people in, uh, you know, working on a common mission, which is to help mm-hmm. our clients think through their surveillance needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and finally, Joe, if we could just kind of forward spin this conversation, if you can briefly outline what if people might expect in 2022, both in terms of trade surveillance broadly and specifically at Aventus Systems. Yeah, sure. I think the the big topic for 2022 globally, especially here in the U.S., uh, relates to digital assets and continued work. Will there be some legislation proposed and what will we do with that? I, I suspect there will be. And that, I think, is going to drive uh, a lot of priorities for firms as the U.S. You know, tries to think about and take the lead in what a legislative framework should look like particularly as it relates to stable coins, but also as it relates to uh, the venues that are the on-ramps to the digital asset world for clients. So um, I think that will be something that we can expect a lot of discussion around in 2022. On the trade surveillance front, another thing that comes up with some frequency for us, and I think will be continued discussion, will relate to surveillance across markets particularly in digital assets. It's come up a few times around the edges in the discussions uh, in the marketplace around digital assets. And I think it will it will come out more and more this year, the talk and the need for thinking about surveillance methods across markets. And I, similarly, I think the same is true for across products. And we'll see how that progresses this year. But I could tell you that we're certainly talking about this quite a bit with our clients and you know how to think about these issues going forward. I also think that uh, if you put all that together, the you know, the movement in digital assets, cross market, cross product. Another way to think about this is that you know I think compliance officers, particularly in the digital assets space, will need to think about the risk presented in the various verticals they think about in a more holistic way. So if you think about compliance folks at a digital asset venue, thinking about KYC, thinking about AML, thinking about transaction monitoring and trade surveillance, historically, those were all very separate surveillance mechanisms. There were separate compliance groups, but those all seem to come together in the digital asset space. And that's largely because of the effect of disintermediation in some ways. So I think compliance and surveillance people are going to want to bring that risk together and think about how risk scores or data from any one of those verticals may inform or enrich the surveillance alerting mechanisms on the others. They'll want to see it all in one place. They'll want to have case management mechanisms to help them. They want the ability to inform their regulatory reporting like SARS and those kinds of things. So I think you'll see some activity there in the surveillance space in, in the coming year. And then lastly, of course, regulators are going to continue to demand that firms keep pace with you know, the various surveillance methods that are in the forefront. So I, I think that's what we can expect here at Aventus and, and in surveillance more broadly. Okay, great. This is it. I think we can leave it there. Joe Schifano, this has been a really great conversation. I want to thank you for your time and, and your insight on this. 
All right. Well, you're very welcome. And again, a very happy new year. Yes. And you, you mentioned uh, you talked to folks about trade surveillance. You're reachable on LinkedIn. So uh, anyone feel Absolutely. free to reach out to Joe, talk about trade surveillance and uh, I don't know, maybe other things, football, Pokemon cards. Uh, I'm not sure what your other areas of expertise are. <laughs> right, right now, right now it's Ted Lasso. So I'd love to talk. I've been binge watching Ted Lasso. Anyone want to talk Ted Lasso, let me know. I heard great things about that. I'm Terry Flanagan. This has been the Global Trading Podcast. You can find us on the Global Trading website, fixglobal.com. Also, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest today, once again, Joe Schifano, Global Head of Regulatory Affairs at Aventus Systems. Thanks again, Joe. Take care, Terry.